0: The reading is taken from John chapter 9, verses 1 to 41, which can be found in your Pew Bibles on page 1074. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents, that he was born blind? "'Neither this man nor his parents sinned,' said Jesus. "'But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. "'As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. "'Night is coming when no one can work. "'While I am in the world, I am the light of the world.'" After saying this, he spat on the ground made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claim that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash, so I went and washed. And then I could see. Where is this man, they asked. I don't know, he said. The Pharisees investigate the healing. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it now that he can see? We know he is our son, the parents asked, answered, and we know he was born blind. But how can he see now, and who opened his eyes? We don't know ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciples. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so, that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What are we blind to? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Well, what a fabulous story, hey? (laughs) Told with such skill by the gospel writer, John. And it's just an amazing, uh, it's a long story, but it's an amazing story. I want us to look uh, at this encounter with the blind man in a bit of a different way today. I want us to look at it in the different scenes as the drama unfolds. I don't know whether you notice that there are several scenes across what is probably several days. Similar to Nicodemus and the woman at the well, this encounter takes up a lot of verses in the gospel. It's not just a cursory coverage, is it? There's an awful lot of detail. Now, before we get into the scenes, it's important, though, that we understand the context. So let's look at what's happened beforehand. Looking back into chapter 8, and if you've got your Bible open, it would be really good to have it there, page 1074 in the Pew Bibles. And we see that in chapter 8, there's lots of disputes happening. We've only got to look at the paragraph headings to see what's going on. Dispute over, who Jesus, over what Jesus is saying. There's dispute over who he is. There's dispute over the status of his opponents. And going to the end of chapter 8, it ends with Jesus making some really powerful claims about his status with God the Father. And the Jews react to that and set about to stone him. So the context is dramatic and heated. But let's look at chapter 9 and let's look at these scenes as this drama unfolds. Scene 1. Jesus has got himself out of the temple grounds, away from being stoned. Good. And I think it's safe to assume that he is moseying along in Jerusalem with his disciples. And they walk past a blind man and they talk about him. Interesting, isn't it? The disciples talk about him, not to him. And notice that the blind man doesn't say anything to Jesus. He's not asking to be healed. And I would suggest that he doesn't even know it's Jesus. He's blind. (laughs) How would he know who was walking by? He would hear the voices. So the disciples are talking about this man and they say to Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents? Jesus talks about light and darkness with the disciples. He makes the claim that he's the light of the world and then he proves it by bringing the blind man from being in the dark, blind, to being sighted in the light. And he starts that process of giving the man light and he does it with his spit. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? Does it with his spit. Scene one. Scene two, we now follow the blind man away. Notice that Jesus and the disciples don't go. It's just the blind man. Jesus' part in the healing process is done. The man now has to do what he was told to do. So, this scene, we follow him as he goes to Siloam, to that pool, and washes, and he sees. He goes home, and the neighbours are surprised. Well, there's no surprise about them being surprised, is there? Do they recognise him or not? They think they do. They want to know what's happened. He tells them that it was Jesus. They want to know where that guy is. End of scene two. Scene three, likely one, maybe even two days later. Not sure by whom, could have been the neighbours, but the man is taken to the Pharisees. And there's some investigating of the facts by them, but the Pharisees can't come to a conclusion. They're divided. They call the parents. Doesn't help. Then they talk to the man again. And isn't it fascinating, this man then taunts the Pharisees doesn't he he taunts them about their curiosity being just so that they might follow Jesus as well well are they happy about that not on not on your life they're not that made them so angry there were more exchanges of accusation and disbelief until the Pharisees got so irate they threw the man out end of scene three do you want an intermission Scene four, Jesus again. Maybe another day has gone by. Jesus has heard the gossip that the man had been thrown out and went to find him. And there's a theological discussion that happens about Jesus' identity. Who is he really? Let's get to the nitty-gritty. Jesus uses the Messianic term son of man to describe himself And reveals to this healed man, the one who can now see, the one who has now just seen Jesus for the first time, Jesus reveals to him that he is the one. The man confesses belief and he worships Jesus. Extraordinary. Physical sight followed by spiritual sight. But even more extraordinary is that Jesus then goes on to talk about judgment and that he has come into the world as judge and that judgment will be over those who see and those who are blind. And this is where scene four gets interesting because there's been some people hiding in the wings and they come out of the background, the Pharisees. There are some Pharisees who've been hearing this, uh, maybe following Jesus and keeping an eye on him, and they react, what, are we blind too? And Jesus, who has just claimed to be the judge, judges them, and they're guilty. Four scenes over a few days. This is a very detailed encounter. Now, I want to spend a little bit of time thinking about blindness and what it means. I've learnt a new word this week. Can I share it with you? Maybe some of you know this word physiognomy. How many of you knew that word? Oh, oh, there's a nurse. That doesn't count. But to see, oh, oh, and a doctor, all right, that, that doesn't count either. <laughs> physiognomy, I learnt a new word. I'm sharing it with you. So uh, physiognomy is the idea that a person's moral character can be known from their physical appearance. And it was a common idea in the first century. But I think we also need to be aware that it's a fairly common idea in the 21st century too, don't you reckon? We often judge somebody's morality by what they look like. Now, you've got to admit that sometimes we might be right. But to assume that someone's physical ailment is due to sin is a real problem. In the New Testament, seeing and hearing are often used on two levels. Both the physical level, when we see a literal transformation through healing, but also as metaphors for spiritual knowledge or lack of spiritual knowledge. Do you know, in Matthew 23, Jesus labels the Pharisees as blind five times? Five times in Matthew 23. We regularly meet people in the scriptures who can't see or hear and are healed by Jesus and there is either some talk about light and darkness or we hear about somebody coming to a point of understanding who Jesus is. The light goes on, so to speak. So often we have a physical picture in a spiritual framework. It seems incredible to us today that the disciples would ask Jesus whose sin caused the man to be born blind we know so well that any physical illness or disability isn't necessarily caused by sin sure there could be some but in the first century it was thought to be the case consistently now let's think about vision as well in the ancient world there were multiple theories of how vision worked One view assumed that light comes into the eye from outside and the eye processes that. Well, that's pretty much what we think today, isn't it? Much more common, though, in the ancient world was the view that the eye itself is the source of light or that light comes from within the body and comes out the eyes. A good eye gives out good light and a dark eye gives out bad light or no light at all. So in that world view, someone who is blind has no inner light at all, so nothing comes out the eyes. The inner light has gone out and that's reflected in the blindness. John often uses seeing and believing interchangeably and this chapter is a great example of it the man is healed both in a physical and a spiritual sense and this is seen in a number of places throughout the chapter let's have a look at some firstly in what Jesus said to the disciples at the beginning have a look at verse 3 Jesus says no one sinned this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus is saying here that his intention is that this man's physical blindness would ultimately tell a spiritual truth. The seeing and believing being interchangeable is also seen in the interrogation with the Pharisees as the man Mocks and evades but ultimately claims in verse 25, one thing I know, I once was blind but now I see. And that leads into the fullest expression of it when the man and Jesus meet again and Jesus confirms for the man who it was that healed him The man asks for more information and at the end of the chapter he says to Jesus, Lord, I believe. And he worships. What John is doing here helps us to see that the wonder of someone receiving physical sight is just as potent and beautiful as someone receiving spiritual sight. And praise the Lord, this man received both. But what about the Pharisees? You all just go, Jesus says to the man, and those Pharisees in the wings, remember they hear it, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. What we have here is an exposition of reality. There is the sight of the blind and the blindness of the sighted. The healed man had never seen Jesus because after Jesus put the mud on his eyes, he went off to the pool of Siloam and did what he was asked to do. But now that he had seen Jesus and is asked, do you believe in the Son of Man, that Messianic term, Jesus is inviting him to put his trust in the one who is the revelation of God to humanity. Jesus reveals who he is, and the man believes. Compare that to the Pharisees. All they do is argue amongst themselves about who this man is, they can't admit what is in front of their very eyes. They refuse to. They are seeing but denying what they see. Their sight is actually causing them to be blind. And Jesus cleverly points that out to them. Jesus did not come to a world of sinners who were keen to be rid of their sin, did he? And even when... For us, when we think about it, we're actually not all that keen to get rid of our sin, are we? We kind of like it. No, Jesus came to a world of sinners so proud and arrogant that they are blind to their blindness. And the brilliant shining of the true light only blinds them more. Jesus says to the Pharisees, their guilt remains. One of the greatest and most beautiful things about the gospel is that pride has no place. When we encounter Jesus and his light shines on us, what is the response that you and I give? What is our response? Are we like the blind man who says, I believe... And worships before that greatness or are we like the Pharisees whose arrogance precludes them from seeing the best thing they could ever see. My friends, may your eyes be truly opened by the one so that your blindness is healed both physically and spiritually. Amen.